You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Last night, the Padres kicked off the series against the Brewers with a win, and we'll hope to keep it going tonight in Game 2. Here in studio, we've got Mike Janella, a.k.a. Ziggy. I took it kind of in a different direction because I the, oh, the, whole, that, the that, hotel in Rogers Does that surprise me? I know, right? I'm yeah, always, uh-huh. always trying to zig when everyone else yeah. is zagging. Alongside Ziggy is a man on the comeback trail, Bob Scanlon. This is why I'm working on my uh, my fake birth certificate right now. So. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. <laughs> we got to go back to 22 or R- Roberto Sanchez. I'm going to come back. As a uh, underhander, right. you know, a little <laughs> bit of sink on it. And rounding out the crew, it's Chris Ello, rubbing in the fact that our seat is closer to the field than yours. But, but from our chair here, our couch here, isn't the view much better? Now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building, it's Padre Social Hour with your hosts, Mike Janella, Bob Scanlon, and Chris Ello. Yes! <laughs> Happy Tuesday! What's happening? Yes. Welcome to Padres Social Hour. Chris Ello already excited coming out of the shoot. I like it, dude. I just spent the last month on the Marlins Social Hour, but it didn't work out so well, so they traded me back. Were you and Colin Ray on the same I'm flight back out of Miami? On the same flight back. Yeah. yeah. Are you injured? Are you okay? I mean, are you? No. In what North happened Peace, down? Or? What happened down there is they have a producer there, Bluefin. Yeah. It's not blooper. Bluefin. <laughs> right, right. And you pick the player of the game every night. Okay. And I was beating the guy regularly. And he got they didn't it, like that. Got so his feelings hurt, so he shipped you out. Sent me back to San Diego. So he wasn't Diego. as good as me, obviously. It's tough when you're good. That's just what happens. So it is I'm tough. glad to be. I'm glad you guys will have me. Good to have you back. It, it's been. I was looking this up. July seventh was the last show you and I were on together. Wow. Almost a month. Yeah. Scanlon, I see all the time, which is a good thing. But Chris, you did the one show no, when that, I was gone. That Marlins, that Marlins stint, man, that just was forever. It really took a lot so. out of you. Um, so the Marlins talk uh, will be set aside for now. We'll get back to that in a little bit. I th- definitely want to get your guys' takes on that whole Colin Ray situation. Uh, Colin was back today, saw him in the clubhouse, chatted with him. So he is indeed back. We'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, we'll also talk about all the other trade deadline fun you see something? Catch your eye? Yeah, we just had a chair blow up right in front of our face out there. Incoming, you know, the same ball that bro- broke our window up there. So, yeah. well, coming luck- in hot out there. Luckily, Careful. yeah, BP's going on. This is a, this, anything it's happens live, here on man. the show. Yeah, it's, it's live, man. It's hot. When uh, the Brewers and the Padres tangle on a Tuesday night in August, they, you know, they, a lot you of stuff know what can happen. happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they will be tangling at 7-10. That's first pitch. Luis Perdomo against Zach Davies. So, uh, we'll get you ready for that a little bit later. We're also going to talk uh, some more trade deadline fallout. We've got Tarek Brock swinging by today. He's right there, just man, in uniform. In. It's going to be awesome. Good to see you. Uh, this team just <laughs> running amok on the bases, and now the outfield is doing great, so he's got a lot to do is with that. that it's so. Tarek Brock. When I saw him at the beginning of the year, I just thought it was Lou Brock. I thought we hired Lou Brock. <laughs> well, we're running like Lou. Same on the bases. Yeah. Yeah. Very he's channeling Lou. Uh, let's, talk, though, let's set the table for when Tarek's here about the game a little bit last night, and let's talk about Travis Jankowski, who is our hero of the game for his performance mm. yesterday. Comes up five times, gets on base five times, Tries to steal a base all five times. He was successful three of those times. He was also caught stealing and was picked off once, but that's part of the excitement <laughs> of the Travis adventure. Um, I mean, he was great yesterday, and that speed, it changes games. And we saw that yesterday, and we're seeing it now as he continues to play more. This is a guy, no matter where he hits the ball, all three hits last night, I think, got touched by an infielder, and he got on base all three times. I mean, this guy is exciting. 
No question about it. And like you said, the, the speed puts pressure on the defense. I, I loved watching him last season, just watching him glide in the outfield. And the question was, was he going to be able to hit at the major league level? He was successful in the minor leagues, staying inside the ball, hitting the ball opposite field a lot. But, you know, they start shifting on you. And you he had to prove that he could get the ball up the middle. He worked on it last year. I just I want to see this guy play. I, I love watching him in the outfield. I want to see what he can do with the bat in his hand and love seeing him on the bases. I, I just know when I played, and certainly not at your level, but, but – Guys that were fast and created havoc on the bases were they made life miserable for me. So I just <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he's on at the top I'm of glad he's order, on yeah. the Padres side. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about Travis later in the rest of the game, but we want to get Tarek on quickly. So we're gonna wrap up with Travis. He was the hero of the game last night. It's brought to you by the Hero Program, a new way to upgrade your home to save energy and water. Visit HeroProgram.com to learn more. And let's get Tarek Brock on when we come back right after this. If you have questions, send them our way. Hashtag Padres SH. We're back with more Padres Social Hour right after this. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. Getting you set for tonight's 7-10 first pitch, Padres and Brewers. Welcome back here to the Padres Social Hour. And joining us now for the first time this year, thanks yes. for stopping by, Tarek Brock, Padres first base coach. What's happening? Nothing much. I'm happy to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure. Always fun when we get some guests. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, better late than never, right, man? Good to have exactly. you on. Exactly. That's what Drake said. Too. Okay, so <laughs> now, now we gotta, we got to find out. I mean, coming out of spring training, did we anticipate the Padres to be running as much as they have this year? I mean, it's been fun to watch. Is that something that you saw coming out of spring? Uh, yes. I mean, once you have Travis in the minor leagues and you get him in the major league level, you go, absolutely. <laughs> then you throw in, you know, BJ. And then I think Will has been the biggest surprise of them all. Mm. Yeah. We just haven't seen Will in this capacity. But uh, that was a phone call conversation that Will and I had. He wanted to steal more bases. Really? Yes. So during the offseason, you guys, are, you're talking about it. You're sort of planting that seed. Hey, what do you think about it? He's like, yeah, I'm on board. And no, he called me and said, hey, okay. I want to steal more bases. I want to steal 20. Is that possible? I said, of course it's possible. Yeah. You just got to put in the work. And he's been great. Well, he ticked that box last night. He got <laughs> yeah. to his 2020 yes. season. Yeah. You think he gets 30? Yes. Yeah? Yes. He's guaranteeing it here? Yes. He's <laughs> <laughs> got the like guarantee, here. man. Nice. Derek, I was doing some research because I knew there was a chance we might have you on. And the numbers, I don't know if people realize how good of a job you guys are doing on the base pads. I'm going to throw some numbers at you. Uh, you're first in all of Major League Baseball in taking extra bases, uh, percentage-wise. You're first in the National League in successful stolen base percentage. You're third in all of baseball in that same category. Uh, you're second in Major League Baseball in steals total. I mean, you guys, kind of secretly, I don't think enough people are paying attention to this and giving you credit, you guys are terrors in a good way on the base pads. You guys are crushing it out there. Yes, and that was our motto from the very beginning, that we just wanted to make the defense play, fa play fast, you know, put pressure on them, and just use our athletic ability. And, you know, Andy's been great to just let us be ourselves. Uh, Griffin, Benedict, and myself, I mean, we study film religiously, you know, and, you know, it's, it's showing, you know, out on the field. Yeah, you know what's fun, too, is early on, you guys ran into some outs. I mean, yes. there's there a little bit of overgressiveness at times. Yes. But I know you'd rather see that than the other, the other way around where guys are holding up and not putting the pressure on. Right. And I tell the guys it's just a part of the process. I mean, we're going to make some mistakes as long as we're falling forward, which is okay. And as long as we learn from them. And if, you know, you steal a base, you get a bad jump, and you're safe, there's nothing I can teach you in that moment. But when you're out, 
then I can come over and say, hey, that wasn't a good time to run. Yeah, see, now this, this approach right here is awesome because this is the approach where guys actually feel like I can try to be aggressive and I can do something, and if I make a mistake, I'm going to learn from it as opposed to a coach breathing down my neck. I mean, that's part of the culture that you guys are creating here. Yes, absolutely. We, we want you to grow. We want you to learn. If you make a mistake, let's learn from it. And hopefully it's something that you don't make <laughs> right away, which right. is good. Making, yeah. the, making the mistake is okay. Making it repeatedly, that's where you run into problems. <laughs> right. uh, that being said, what are some things you still feel like these guys can still work on, some wrinkles maybe you want to iron out in the base running game? Uh, we continue to work on our secondary leads, you know, at, at all bases, especially at third, like the contact play is something that we can do. Also, coming out the box, if you, you, know, you get a base hit and there's a runner on base, I would like to see our guys come out even harder just to put pressure on. Uh, perhaps take an extra base in, in that sense to add to that total as well. Uh, I mean, these guys, I mean, I can't ask for anything more, you know. And um, there's a few more things, but I'll, I'll keep them underneath my hat, so to speak, for right now. <laughs> see, now I'm going to get greedy. I'm going to ask for something more. I want to see more steals of home. I mean, I've seen more <laughs> this year than I've seen in the yeah. last five years. It's been amazing. I mean, and that play by Will and hearing him talk about it, yes. how he walked through that. Sneaking that one off the reds the other yeah, day. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, is that the kind of thing that you guys talk to him? And some of it's a little bit of a scouting report ahead of time sometimes, yes. right? I mean, it's, it's all of the above. It's, it's guys being aware, being aware of, of the situation, always looking to, you know, take an extra base in that sense. And, you know, and Will wants to steal. There's so many times I'm giving Will the kill sign, stop, <laughs> don't go. And he's throwing attitudes at me. And I'm like, it's a part of the process. Will, relax. That <laughs> sounds very Will. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this might be – they might be two different names here. Who's the fastest base runner on this team and who's the best base runner on this team? Uh, the fastest is, is Travis. And uh, Will and, and him getting to that all the time. The best base runner – um, will probably be John Jay, just from his experience. I mean, he's very crafty, you know, and he uses his mind. Those other guys, they're getting there, and they'll, you know, perhaps take him over in that sense. You know, what's so interesting, too, is the Padres are doing something. They're, they're getting better and taking advantage of the base running, mm -hmm. and it seems like there's more and more of the mantra throughout baseball that, no, steals are overrated. Right. You guys are going against that trend. I mean, I is, is there ever any kind of internal discussion amongst the staff of, you know, how important is base running and the, and the base stealing in terms of win winning games? From my standpoint, <laughs> base running is, is, is very important. Right. And, you know, I disagree with it to a degree. Like, why have speed on your team if you're not going to use mm. it? Yep. You know, I have that nice Ferrari sitting there just to look good in the front. <laughs> like, let's get out on the highway and open it up and see what we can do and not get a ticket. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, but push the limits until push that the limits, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And they can say what they want on the spreadsheets about, you know, how many runs score versus not. I can just tell you as a pitcher standing out there, knowing the guys are going to be causing havoc out there, yes. you can get into guys' heads. And you can get into catchers' heads, too, sometimes. And we like to look at it as, as a dance when it comes to base stealing. Like, you know, there's a time where Matt was getting a bunch of sliders, so we needed to start sending Will yep. to get more fastballs. And when he gets the fastballs, now we just relax, let Matt – you know, hit the ball out the ballpark, and then we score that way. So there's a, there's a give and take that, that comes with, with the base stealing. Which I don't think a lot of people realize, that how you can sort of secondarily affect what's happening in the box mm -hmm. uh, and on the pitcher's mound based on what you're doing on the base pads. Uh, we ever going to see anybody, not saying here or necessarily, but ever steal 100 bags in a season again? Um, I don't know. We might get up to 80. Uh, I mean, but you, you have to have some good, you know, combinations. you got to have a great 2-0 hitter you know, that will take possibly strike three for you to steal second and steal third. 
But then also during that time, I mean, players are starting to be more unselfish now and starting to play for the team. So I think 80 will probably be the max that we'll see for a while. And it's going to be tough, too, because guys don't play 162 like they used to. Right, exactly. Yeah. I remember growing up, the Rickies and the Vince Coleman's, you know, yeah. just, just putting up those numbers. And you look back now, and it's like they were playing a different game sometimes. But it's fun. But do you think it takes a toll on some guys? I mean, just yes. physically? Yes, it does. I mean, we were just in, in St. Louis and Washington, and, I mean, oh. it was hot. <laughs> yeah, it you was. Know, I was sweating in the coach's box, like, I'm glad <laughs> I don't have to run. You know? So, I mean, you have that, you know, the travel. You know, guys training year-round, you know, like guys need to go home, sit down a little bit, you know, and then start your off-season regimen. Yeah. Well, you've been doing a great job with these guys. And, Tarek, we uh, thank you again for taking the time. And, yeah, I'm excited to see what you do with all these, uh, these new young toys you get to play with out there. It should be fun. I mean, it's really good, but you just gave away all our, our trade secrets. Now everyone's <laughs> looking for us. <laughs> no, you, you, you said you slide some under the hat, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have a couple more left, so keep them up your sleeve. That's uh, Tarek Brock, Padres first base coach. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Tarek, thank thanks you. for having right. Thank you. Guys, you can join the Padres and play golf alongside Padres legends like Trevor Hoffman and local military heroes it's the inaugural heroes cup san diego on august 22nd and 23rd packages are still available for the two-day golf event benefiting our local san diego military community visit padres.com heroes cup for more details we're back to keep this train rolling on padres social hour don't go anywhere you want to talk padres lucky for you we're doing exactly that this is padres social hour from the amr studio inside petco park Welcome back here inside the AMR studio. We got off to a, a rocking start. We had Tarek here. We had, you realize, we had to kick Chris out within like two minutes. You, Sorry about that, Chris. Do you, do you realize how slow this couch just got? We lost a yeah. big first yeah. step there. We lost yeah, Brock. We lost it's okay. We, we lost a little but you know what? You might not be. We were talking about the fastest base runners and the best base runners. You might be the best base runner. Smart, 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 base runner. Yeah, yeah. smart, smart, savvy. Exactly. We so that, that was like me versus Bartolo. I'm I, a smarter base runner. He well, was I think just, there's a lot of guys. Well, I, I, I think Will Myers fits in that category. I mean, I know they talk about him being – I mean, he's fast, but I, I think he's smart too. Yeah. I mean, that's how he got the 20 steals. I right. Mean, running at the right time. Chase Headley was always that guy. You know, he yeah. never had blazing speed, but he no. always picked the right situations and, and knew when to go and to take Derek advantage. Derek Norris steals a few bases yeah, he here does. and there because yep. he does yep. it at the right time. I right. Mean, he doesn't yeah, if you know how to pick your moments and how to get your jumps and read yeah. your pitchers, anybody can steal yeah. a bag once in a while. Uh, when you get the, the, the blessing like Travis Jankowski of the speed he has naturally, that even makes it exponentially better. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was fun. And it's fun seeing this team. Let's talk some more about the game last night because I think this is all part of this new sort of brand of Padres baseball on the field. Bob, you were on a couple days ago, people asking, you know, why should I still come to these games? I have season <laughs> tickets. Why do I show up? Well, you show up because Travis Jankowski stealing three bases and Solarte scoring from first on a triple, and they're doing a double steal with Will and Travis. Like, these guys are playing exciting baseball. It may not be household names, but at least it's a fun kind of baseball they're playing. Well, what's unique is that you've got a bunch of impact-type talent that's going to come up here, and the fans are going to get a chance to watch these guys develop. And I think that's fun because you watch these kids make their mistakes, but you also get a chance to get attached to them, and you start seeing as like, oh, wow, there's a few less mistakes. Oh, wow, he's hitting more home runs. I like that. Now, now granted, I'm a baseball you know, pur purist-type guy that enjoys watching young players get a chance to develop, and, and I envision the future. I see what these guys can be, and for me, that's exciting. I love seeing young, talented baseball players let them loose. Let them see what they can do and let the talent come out. Are there going to be some ugly moments? There's going to be a some ugly moments, but there's also going to be some super exciting moments, and uh, I, I'm excited to be a part of it. 
I think this team right now, I mean, you, you wonder, as you, I, to, to me, watching the Padres right now, it's, a, it's all about which of these players are going to be along for the ride, you know, in, in a year or two. I mean, is it still going to be Jankowski? Is it going to be Dickerson? We know Myers is going to be in the middle of it. But which of these players are going to be part of the Padres when this team gets it all together? And I, I think it's fun to watch it from the ground floor up. And the, the greatest example for me is watching Perdomo's development this year. I mean, you got a guy that you basically couldn't pitch early in the season without giving up four or five runs, and you hoped that he was able to give you an inning. To now, he's been one of your most consistent starters. And one of the longest standing after a whole yeah, exactly. he's all of a sudden the veteran. He's the graybeard. And he's lowered his ERA. Even yeah. It's still in the sixes. He's lowered in eight of his last nine starts, I think. So there's yeah. still progress, and that's excitement to see in there. Um, this tweet coming in from Ed here. Uh, team much, and he used caps lock, much more fun to watch with younger players, manufacturing runs, speed on the bases. Baseball, he says again, caps lock. And, and I think there's point. a difference, too, because in the past, let's be honest, there have been some times where we've seen young players, but we know they're not impact-type young players, right? They're the guy that's supposed to be maybe a fourth Just or fifth outfield up in the big leagues, but all of a sudden he's got to play on an everyday basis, and you're watching this guy, and you're – this is not Major League Baseball. You're asking a guy that's basically a 4A player or a fourth or fifth outfielder be an everyday guy. You're asking a guy that should be hitting seventh or eighth in a lineup to hit fifth or sixth. That's not going to be the situation now with the collection of talent that the Padres have brought in. Are all of them going to pan out? Absolutely not. Some are going to flame out. But there's enough of them here that you feel like, wow, there's a chance to really get a core in here. And not just for a few. I mean, the way they've set it up. It should be several years of, of waves of players coming through because you've got a lot of these young Cuban players, 17-, 18-year-old kids that are going to be up in four or five years right now. We're getting ready to see Austin Hedges, Margot, Renfro. So it's going to be several years of talent, waves of talent coming through. That's and that's what you want. That is how you build a championship yeah. and look, organization. It's still going to be growing pains this year. Travis sure. Jankowski may not be a center fielder on a World Series winning team, but – he is going to play excitingly. The pitching may not uh, keep them in too many games with the way the arms have been performing lately, but this will be a team that has some impact and has some fun at least. Well, I, 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 you know, just real quick, I mean, I'm looking at the guys that they have in the minor leagues that are knocking on the door right now, but these guys that are here now are playing well enough and exciting enough baseball to, to give those guys even a little bit more time to develop and a little bit more time to refine their games. So I think, you know, it, it's a win-win. In that regard. And right now you're also seeing a little bit, do we have a diamond in the rough somewhere? Look, we know Margot is going to play. We know Renfro. We know Hedges. We know those, why those guys are going to be in the big leagues and they're going to get great opportunities. The guys that are they're trying to find out about now are, are the Jabari Blashes, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, can this guy do something? Can, can he hit some home runs? Can he be a part of this thing moving forward as Chris was talking about? Yeah, and it's uh, only one way to do it, and it wasn't yeah. with veterans blocking the way. Yep. Those have now been uh, purged in a lot of instances, so it uh, should be fun to see this it's team keep going along. It's a lot more fun along. to play sub-500 baseball with a bunch of young, exciting new players than it is to watch under-500 baseball with a bunch of veterans that are kind of just going through the motions. And <laughs> Sorry, but I read the Matt, Matt Kemp article today, and when you talk, well, I know we're going to get to it. Let's, but get, you to talk it, about let's get to it now. Uh, well, you, I mean, you, we you talked about it very it, briefly yesterday on Players' Review. I mean, if you didn't see it online, I mean, Matt Kemp writes this article that basically says he's been dogging it for the last three or four years. <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing. I mean, he embarrassed himself. He embarrassed uh, the organizations he's played for. He, he, to me, embarrasses me as a fan who went out and rooted for Matt Kemp. I like Matt Kemp, but... I mean, he admits basically that the last three or four years he hasn't been given it at all, his all. I mean, $25 million isn't enough to make you give it, give it your all. I mean, and now he says he's going to go to Atlanta and he's going to start playing hard again. 
That's kind of so, tough to take. So, yeah, this was we read the quote yesterday. This is from his article in the Players' Tribune. Essentially the part that Chris is referring to, uh, Matt saying, I'd be lying if I didn't admit I had begun to lose some of my love for the game. I got sidetracked from what I loved about playing baseball. I was having fun, let a big contract, Hollywood lifestyle injuries uh, tarnish my reputation. Uh, and then he said, you know, but Atlanta, I promise you those days are gone, yeah. which as a Padres fan can't be that exciting to hear. Yeah, I don't need to hear that. <laughs> like, we brought you in to turn this thing around, man, and now you're telling me you weren't fully there. That's not, well, I think, what Padres Well, and then he goes on and says how sorry he is that he didn't lead the Padres to a World Series. Well, how in the world were you going to lead the Padres to a World Series if you weren't even trying? <laughs> Come on. And, and then he comes out today and got himself in a little bit more hot water where he told the reporter, uh, I've never really played in the baseball town before, so I am excited about that, about playing in Atlanta. Oh, okay. So, what, are your, what are your thoughts on, on that? Because Andy Green, they wow. asked him about that in the dugout before the game today, and he took exception big time. Uh, saying that, you know, San Diego's as much a baseball town as That anywhere. was Doug Mirabelli-esque right there. You remember that? You remember that fiasco, bringing well, him I in? I do and remember he that, and he just couldn't wait to get back to Boston. But yeah. all I say is 1998. I mean, that's when uh, San Diego was matched up with Atlanta, and I thought our fans were uh, – we're right there with those Atlanta Braves at fans that in time, that series, and we end up winning that deal. I was playing with the Cubs at that time. Great sports town, right? I mean, I saw Bulls championships. I saw Bears. I saw what? I mean, if you talk about a sports town, nothing compared to what I saw here in San Diego in 98 when I came back home at the end of our season and watched the Padres yep. series here. This city was on fire, and I will never forget that. The way this city just rocked every night. Going to that stadium, it was literally shaking. Everybody was driving around with the, with the Padre stuff on their cars. It was, I mean, this city came to life like I've never seen a city come to life. So I know it's there, Bob. I know it it's the there. Same, it was the same in '84. I mean, when they yeah. lost the first two in Chicago to the Cubs, and then there was thousands of fans waiting for yeah. them in the parking lot when they came home. And uh, I remember guys from that '84 team saying, "That's what turned that series around." We got home and saw our fans. Yeah. And you know, the the only downer is that. We talk 84 and 98. We don't have anything more right, to talk but about. But what so my point is, yeah, a little dated. My point is when people say it's not a great sports town, I say that's not true. I call think BS on that. There were 70,000 fans at Qualcomm Stadium one night to welcome the Chargers back from Pittsburgh when they won the AFC yeah. Championship. There was nothing going on. There was just people sitting in the stadium waiting for the team to come home. Yeah. Well, I think so what, it's not that bad of a sport. What that town. comment did for a lot of people, too, was that uh, of all the towns, Atlanta, like, they're the ones who had problems selling out playoff games. They're 25th in the majors in attendance this year. Uh, of all the places, they're, they've been known historically as sort of the Superstation team because you could pick them up nationwide on TV. But their actual fan base, I think a lot of people said, you know, we could stack up with Atlanta hey, easily. Yeah, it's fine. I get it. He grew up as an Atlanta Braves fan. He shows the picture of the kid, and he's got his jacket. You know, it's fine. It's an emotional attachment for him. That's great. Good luck. Go get him. And, uh, you know, it's time for the Padres to move on. Let's have Burn Matt Kemp jersey night. <laughs> oh, like, like disco night in the White Sox? <laughs> uh, l l let's not encourage that. Maybe at Chris's house in his backyard. But we're not in my backyard. I mean, look, they were burning LeBron James jerseys in Cleveland five years ago. I think we can burn a Matt Kemp jersey. That's crazy because as soon as Matt Kemp came out of the Padres, we saw him in spring training. There were hundreds of Matt Kemp jerseys yeah. right away. He was I mean, a name brand, and that's yeah. something that's now gone. But, yeah, it's, it's watching the young kids there's play. One right up there. There's one right up there. Yeah, see, now, now a lot of fans, they'd say, I, I want to name Luigi. Luigi's got the Kemp 27. See, now, I take exception to the fan that says, look, we need to have a face of the organization. I say, you know what? What what good does it do to have a face of the organization if your team's not winning, right? Yeah. I don't need to see one guy. What I want to see is a winning organization. I want to see championship baseball here. I don't need the token guy to, to – 
to try to be, you know, glossy and glittery and come on out to the ball game once every five days. Forget that. Bring in a winning baseball team. That's Give what the Padres jobs. are finally doing. Uh, I love the uh, Sporting News wrote a headline about, in reaction to that Kemp quote today about the baseball town. Their headline was, Matt Kemp says Atlanta is a real baseball town, comma, is incorrect. That's right where they <laughs> left <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let us know. we got some tweets coming in, and we'll get to some of those in a bit. Hashtag Padres SH. Uh, let us know uh, what you think about the whole situation. Uh, one tweet from someone who's actually here, and it's our buddy Brandon, uh, B. Klein put up a picture, a little selfie with a blooper bomb, a blooper, blooper photo bomb. bomb right behind him. Uh, Brandon <laughs> thankfully left his bow and arrow at home today, so we're safe. Big archer. I've seen some of his photos. So uh, we've got a good crowd today. Make some noise, everybody, here in the team store. Woo! Yeah. Woo! See ya. Thanks for coming Love out. when they're coming out. Yeah, we're hoping to get some <laughs> more folks uh, as well on Saturday. I don't know if you've heard, Chris. Bob's heard it plenty of times. It's movie on the field night coming up this week. Space Jam, one of my all-time favorites. Michael do you know, do you know that I showed up to a Padre game one time many, many years ago, and after the game they played a movie called The Kid from Left Field starring Gary Coleman. Yeah, Gary do you Coleman. remember him? Yeah. And yeah. Jerry Coleman, I think, was in the movie <laughs> as really? well. And uh, he, it was about Gary Coleman joining the Padres as the new left fielder. Right, nice. I think Brady Phelps has shown up with that on his T-shirt one of these episodes. Did he have that? What's well, great is coming yeah. out here with your kid as a Boy Scout, too. They have the Boy Scout nights out here. Saw the sandlot out here, 3 o'clock in the morning. Nice. Well, That's you awesome. can add to that legacy this Saturday. Again, enjoy a summer movie right on the field. When you purchase a movie on the field theme game ticket package to watch Space Jam on the field after the Padres take on the Phillies at 540. You will also receive a Padres-themed police blanket. Buy tickets today at Padres.com slash theme games. Your thoughts on Matt Kemp are coming in hot and heavy. We'll get to some of those. And also, we're going to put a pair of these pitchers here on the hot seat because I think you guys got some explaining to do when we come back on Padres Social Hour. From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour. I got some good tweets coming in. We'll get to here in a sec. And we got a good pitcher on the mound tonight, Luis Perdomo. But I want to talk real quick to you guys. Maybe not real quick, because I know when pitchers start talking about the craft, it can take a while. <laughs> but about last night's starting pitcher, Jared Cozart, came over in that Andrew Kashner deal, made his first start. And uh, the good, he went three and a third, didn't give up any runs, only one hit. It was great. Uh, the bad, he walked six batters and hit one. <laughs> and then the ugly, he left with a blister um, and ended up having to leave the game after those three and a third uh, laborious innings. Now, uh, I want to put you guys, as we look at uh, some of Jared's highlights from last night, he, he looked good at times. Curveball was breaking. Fastball was it's good. He's got nasty stuff. He's got no good one, stuff. No one yeah. has ever questioned the stuff. It, can he be a piece of this rotation real quick, Bob? You think next year can he be in the starting Yeah, the stuff is there, five? no question about it. His thing has always been the walks, like you were just talking about, and it's the ability to stay focused, and I think that's going to be Darren Balsley's charge is to figure out how to mentally get this kid on track because you see right there, <laughs> the stuff is there, 96-mile-an-hour fastball, good off-speed pitches. He's got something to work with. Now it's just getting everything focused. You know, you look at a guy like, uh, what is it, Tillman of Baltimore has won 15 games this year, went up and down to the minor leagues eight times before he finally figured it out. I mean, Jared Cozart's been up and down in the minor leagues three or four times in the Marlins organization. But they think enough of his stuff, as you said, Bob, to yeah. keep giving him these opportunities. I think Darren Bosley works a little magic with this guy, and, and I think you could see him as a four or five yeah. starter. All right. Now, the reason he left was this blister. And I'm going to put you guys in the Cholula hot seat now as two <laughs> gentlemen who got uh, pretty high levels pitching-wise. And, you know, people, non-baseball fans are always quick to say when they see a story like this, 
well, hockey players stay in when they lose all their teeth, or, you know, football players can stay in with a torn ACL, we find out afterwards. Uh, didn't Philip Rivers do that a couple of years ago in a game or something? So to leave with a little blister that anybody always gets, you know, on, on your finger, wow, how tough can baseball players be? Explain to me, and I got a ball if you want to talk about grips or anything like that, how it affects you. Explain to me, pitchers, why little baby blisters on a finger can be such a big deal. First of all, I don't, I don't know any other sport where guys play 162 games in 174 days. Do you, Chris? Don't try to make baseball players Starting pitchers are only every five days, though. Don't ever try to make baseball players tougher than like, <laughs> a I, hockey player. When I was with the Phillies, we had Granny Hamner it. came in, and he talked about how he caught a World Series, the entire World Series with a broken leg. All right? So I, uh, there are some toughness okay. in the Back game. Back in the day. All right? So the question is, how do you get a blister? Basically, it's caused by friction, and oftentimes it happens throwing four-seam fastballs. And the whole key when throwing a four-seam fastball is you want to try to get these seams. That's how you make the ball break, whether you're throwing a slider, a fastball, whatever it may be. The only thing you're not trying to get the seams on is on a split finger. But the point is, when the ball's coming off your fingertips, you're going to have a lot of friction on here, and sometimes guys can get blisters. Now, Chris, I don't. did you ever have problems with blisters? I didn't throw hard enough to get a blister. Oh, is that right? Okay. No, I didn't put <laughs> enough spin on the ball to ever even worry about What's it. What's interesting is there are certain guys that, for whatever reason, continuously have problems, and they have all these different wives' tales of how to get rid of it. Stick it in pickle juice. Right, pickle juice, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. And, and guys would try everything. Um, super glue was one that we always used it in the big leagues. The trainer would stick super glue into the blister. But basically, it's like having raw skin. It's like ha your finger feels like it's absolutely on fire. Now, if you try to do this show with uh, laryngitis or, or torn uh, <laughs> in a vocal cord, it would be the, the same thing as trying to throw a fastball with, with an open wound. It's just, you just can't. It's just raw flesh. And so it's, is it's it, is it a pain issue or is yes. it a grip issue or it's all both. of it? It, it's, it hurts so much as the ball is leaving your hand that you don't finish the pitch off, and now you start trying to push it, and that's when the ball starts floating and you have no command of it, and the ball ends up going over guys' heads and you end up backing you need up third as, base. You know, like you said, you need the friction on those seams to get yeah. the spin. And if you can't yeah. put that friction on the ball, yeah. there's no chance. So it does seem kind of wimpy to go out of a game with a blister, but if you're a pitcher, you, there's I not mean, a whole lot you can do. Got, you know, I'm walking around quarter, all day. You get blisters no, an NFL quarterback can put a glove on, still throw the football, I think. I, a pitcher can't do that. I, uh, there's it's like just no way. Take a hot screwdriver, you know, just a red-hot screwdriver, stick it on your fingertip, and that burning sensation that you would feel, it's the same thing as when you're throwing a, a, a fastball with with a blister on your finger. It just now, burns. It's like it's on fire. Now let me ask you this part. So he said after the game, Jared, luckily uh, it didn't open or it didn't bust open. Wouldn't you want that to happen so it can heal? Or like what's, this, what's the – explain to me what that <laughs> means. Because I'm lost. I don't know. Dr. Scanlon. you yes. pull out a buddy. <laughs> now I'm not a doctor. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, that we just play one on teller. Yeah. But you did stay at a Holiday, Holiday Inn Express. Express. <laughs> exactly. Um, actually, I, apparently when the body – puts that fluid in there, it's, that's supposed to be a healing fluid, and it actually it's better to keep it closed. So, you know, we used to always try to open them up and drain them, but actually the trainers tell you, no, 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 that's supposed to help it heal on its own. Um, oftentimes they will drain them, though. And, uh, the, thing is the thing is you don't want it to rip off because that skin will rip off, and then Once it, then you get exposed. one blister, though, you're more apt to get more blisters, are you not? Uh, not so necessarily. That's something that concerns me a little bit. I had them once or twice. It never was a problem, but there are certain guys right. who just consistently have them, and no matter what they try to do, they keep showing up. Hopefully that's not the, the case with Jared Cozart, but sometimes you'll just have a certain night where it's hot, it's sticky, your skin gets soft, uh, and it's just coming off the ball just right. He's probably trying you know, a little boom. too hard last night. I Could mean, let's be honest. I mean, yeah. it's his Might Padre debut. He yeah, might he have just been gripping that ball a little too tight. Well, he said after the game he felt like it was a major league debut. He's trying to start fresh. And, yeah. and guys are all about the spin him. right now, Chris. 
right? So you're, you're trying to get a little bit more spin rate it's on the RPMs ball. RPMs on Statcast, <laughs> you gotta rack them up. All right, so that's how a little boo boo baby blister can have such huge ramifications oh, on these pitchers coming out of the ball games like Cozart last night. Thank you, gentlemen, for explaining. Good try uh, by us, but we're still seat. very wimpy. <laughs> Uncapped real flavor wimpy. with Cholula hot sauce, the hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap, and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. Now, we've got some tweets uh, coming in. We love, were love the tweets. And again, hashtag PadresSH. Let us know what you think. There's also the chat, as always, at Padres.com slash social hour. Uh, this in response to some of the Matt Kemp comments. So Brooke tweets in, I'm a Padres fan, but come on, Matt. The city welcomed him with open arms, and that's what we get? You know, to Matt's credit, earlier on in the article, it wasn't all about yes. what he said. Yes. He said, you know what? By the way, love San Diego. The fans were great. They were totally you know, ingratiating in every way. So he had nothing but positive thi things to say about San Diego, the city, San Diego, the fans. But it was interesting at the end him acknowledging that, you know what, he had this reputation for uh, being a disgruntled guy in the clubhouse and everything, and he's trying to turn that around. So... I, I, I don't know. As soon as, you, yeah. as soon as you admit to me that you're not trying your hardest, you've lost me. Yeah. I, I don't care what else you've said at the beginning or the end of the article. That's the part I'm going to remember. Because he, he did say, yeah, he's going to come back and raise his family here someday, and he's going to make his off-season home here and all that stuff. He's not an idiot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is a nice place to live. Everybody I'm learning that myself. Scanlon yeah. played for 15 teams, and he still <laughs> wound up staying here in San Diego. <laughs> Great. Um, and then Detroit, that Dennis, yeah. Montreal, yeah, yeah. got away on that. Yeah. Ended up here. Uh, Dennis Gulley yeah. is tuning in. Kemp's article was bogus. Uh, does the fact he's the first Padre to hit for the cycle give you a glimmer of hope to forgive him, Chris? You said he already lost you. What? He, nothing I'm at all. Now, I'm now saddened that he's the only Padre to hit for the cycle. It's tarnished it for you in retrospect. Well, it still counts, but it just—I mean, the talent that this guy had or has. I mean, there's no no excuse for him to play as poor a defense as he played the last several years. Well, I, mean, I think he was too much talent, I, and I, I, I just yeah. it bothers me. It's and it, it'll be interesting to see how people react, how he performs now. If he does great for Atlanta, uh, or if he doesn't, like how how Padres fans, how baseball fans. Do you remember Matt Kemp forward, coming now? out that one year and saying, "I'm going to go 50-50. I'm going to be the first guy to go 50-50." 50 home runs, 50 See, stolen bases. I'm not so one of those guys. That, I don't live in my rearview mirror. Then. I just feel like, you know what? It was, it was, it, the Matt Kemp era is done. Bye-bye. Good luck. I'm excited about the players that we have on the field. I, yeah. I couldn't care less what happens to him in Atlanta. All right, so is this it? We're wrapping it up on Matt Kemp. This is the bow it's we're done. tying. Bye -bye. And all right, yeah. he's off. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. On a swear update, Matt. And uh, we'll see what the Padres can do here on the field. Uh, we were just talking about pitchers and their blisters. Uh, Ashley tweeting in. Ashley Rodriguez. Blister talk on Padres Social Hour. The gymnast in me laughs. Rips on rips, and we kept training. So the pitchers have to leave with a blister, but the gymnasts are going strong. The gymnasts are going strong, but the gymnast doesn't – it's not a, a fine-tuning thing of having to put a b fastball 90 miles an hour in a little two-inch square, you know, with, with the hot spot going. I get it. I, I, I tip my cap to all the athletes out do there pitchers that are get the that, pitchers. Do pitchers get that bucket full of uh, – dust, that white dust that the gymnasts have. We don't get the chalk. You don't get that chalk. No, we so do have a rosin bag out there. You get a little rosin bag. And some bullfrog. Yeah, but the gymnasts have illegal. too much chalk. <laughs> oh. The gymnasts have the tape, the chalk. They got all kinds of stuff to protect their hands. Yeah, so there I you go. Um, all right, so well, that's our blister talk. We're done with blister Pictures talk. Pictures are we're much tougher than gymnasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris Ellis said that, <laughs> not us. Um, we're going to step away now. Uh, interesting conversation, though, as the Olympics are coming on. Maybe we can revisit next time you're on the show, Chris. Uh, we're going to come back in here in just a bit and talk about some 
some more roster moves the Padres made today, revisit the trade deadline, take a look at some of the deals the Padres had uh, with some more perspective now that everyone's kind of caught their breath with uh, 24 hours since the deadline yesterday. So don't go far. We'll have that plus plenty more. You better watch it spinning that ball. You're going to get a blister. Here you go, man. Ready? You're going to get a blister. I know. Ow! Uh, oh, blisters do, do not allow you to leave the set, by the way. you got to finish this hour uh, come <laughs> hell or high water. All right. uh, guys, Ken Caminiti being inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame on Saturday. This Saturday, that's August 6th on your calendar. To celebrate, all fans in attendance at that night's 540 game against the Phillies will receive a Ken Caminiti Padres throwback replica jersey presented by Fanatics. A variety of sizes are available, too. Get your tickets at Padres.com. We still have tonight's lineup to get to. We got so much to talk about. So why don't you come back? This is Padres Social Hour. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. Welcome back here to Padres Social Hour. It's Luis Perdomo who keeps getting better every time out. Again, Zach Davies may not be a household name for the Brewers, but 8-1 with a 2-5-4 ERA his last 15 starts. Should be actually a decent pitcher's matchup tonight. Yeah, Davies has been, been pretty good. good. Uh, complete Davis. opposites too, right? I mean, we've got one guy that, that brings it 95-96 with the power sinker in Perdomo, and the other guy is un 88, so he's going to be uh, working back and forth a little more. Yeah, it should be uh, exciting. Plus, with the way the Padres have been on the base pads, maybe when some guys get on, they can put some pressure. Should be an exciting ball game tonight. Brewers just uh, traded their catcher. you got to take advantage. Yeah, exactly. While Maldonado's getting settled in, Luke Roy down in Texas, uh, <laughs> get, get running on those base pads. Um, hey, so yesterday, it was a very busy day, obviously, trade deadline. A.J. Preller was here for like 20 minutes, which we loved uh, <laughs> that he was able to find some time for us. So we didn't have time for our tweet of the week, which we like to give out every Monday. So I wanted to make sure we did it today. And it comes from Marcus. I want to set it up before before we uh, show it. So we were talking while the Padres were in Canada. Uh, Bill Center proposed a trade with Canada, wanted to trade our national anthem and the state of North Dakota for the <laughs> Canadian national anthem, which Bill loves. Like, he's obsessed with it. I like our Star Spangled He's obsessed with national anthems. Have you ever, ever seen him up in the press box when the anthem is going on? <laughs> and if anybody <laughs> deviates from it just a little bit, oh, jeez, here we go. It's given North Dakota. <laughs> he, he was, yeah. Uh, so we asked to have some fun with the fans on that day's episode. What other trades would he you like? He didn't even want a province to be named later? No, I figured get something. <laughs> Newfoundland, I don't know, something. No, something. nothing. Case um, of syrup, something. I yeah, mean, anything. But no, that was his trade. So we asked the fans, send, what other trades would you like America to make with Canada? And this one was uh, my favorite uh, from Marcus. Uh, curling and free health care from Canada for the state of New Jersey and a DVD box set of the Fresh Prince. New Jersey, obviously, where I was wow. raised. Was that and, directed uh, towards you, do you think? I think that was a little subtweet at me, yeah. Nice. But uh, Marcus coming in hot with, uh, with his trade offer. So congratulations, Marcus. Marcus you get our tweet of the week. Marcus definitely voting for Donald Trump with that free health care idea. Yeah. What was the other piece coming our way? Uh, curling, the sport of yeah, curling. Yeah, you can keep that. I don't need curling. Not a big you don't curling. like curling? I don't like curling. The broom? Yeah, broom on ice, I don't need it. Curling? It's fun. I like get curling. blisters. I was gonna get blisters. Yeah, right. get yeah, blisters. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, tape. They're okay. Sweeping too right. fast. Speaking of trades, trades that actually happened. Uh, the trade deadline concluded yesterday, and uh, MLB actually tweeted out from their MLB Stat of the Day Twitter account, which is an awesome account to follow. Uh, Eighteen trades yesterday uh, on trade deadline day. Busy, busy day. Yes, it was the most since at least 1995 when they were keeping track. It beat the previous record of 15 deals on deadline day from 2010 and 2015. Scan, break them all down. 
Yeah, rank, <laughs> up, rank up one through 18. Uh, although technically one of those 18 was Colin Ray coming back here, which was legally a trade, but really kind of a, a take back. Um, but the Padres, interestingly, besides that kind of take back, were quiet yesterday, did most of their action uh, earlier in the month of July. Now that we've had time to think about it, I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on all the Padres' trades that they made. Which ones were your favorite? Uh, which ones did you not love so much? And I'll run quickly through them to remind you. We're going way back to James Shields and Cash for uh, Tatis and Johnson, Fernando Rodney for Chris Paddock, Drew Pomeranz for Anderson Espinosa, Melvin Upton for and Cash for Hansel Rodriguez, the Andrew Kashner and Teron Guerrero trade for Naylor Caps and Cozart, and then Matt Kemp and Cash for Hector Oliveira, who was officially today designated for assignment by the Padres, by the way. So those were your big moves the Padres made. Which My favorite? favorite was the uh, originally was the, the the trade with Boston because I think they got the number one prospect and you got a chance for great upside there. Pomeranz was coming into his own. Yes, we had to give up something, but I like the upside. But uh, but no, I've changed now. Okay. My favorite trade is now Matt Kemp. Just getting him out of here. That's, that's now my favorite trade, yeah. Yeah, my least favorite probably the Pomeranz deal because that's the oh, one you're, guy. Oh, you totally disagree with me then. Yeah, but that's my least favorite trade. That's my I, favorite. Pomeranz? Well, I didn't like losing him, but I, I don't mind losing him if I'm getting a top prospect who might play no, for I get me it's just for four or five years. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I, I hope it does. No, I have no problem with that. I'm not saying I didn't like the trade. I'm just saying out of all the trades, that's the one that was sort of the least dynamic and impressive to me. The, the others, that they were able to move Matt Kemp and save $25 million is pretty darn amazing. Uh, to top that one off, that, that they were able to move Melvin Upton after what he'd done the previous two years is absolutely stunning to me. Yeah. So the fact true. that they were able to move Upton and get something back and not pay the entire salary, to me, that was, it, 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 that's just amazing. The things you can do when you're allowed yeah. to eat salary, right? right? Being able to move Upton and move Kemp. Can yeah, I so say Kemp, that my Kemp least Upton. favorite trade, though, was the James Shields trade? And I don't know what Tatis is going to do, but what I saw from Johnson really bothered me. I mean, I, I just uh, – well, he's it not pitching the rest of the year, so you won't no, have to worry about that. I understand that, but yeah, I'm just that saying when the White Sox made that trade, it's not like they told the Padres, you have to take this pitcher. I'm sure the Padres had their choice of a few guys, and somebody in the scouting department, I don't know, I don't think they got it right bringing Johnson in. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's got something I don't know about, but I didn't see it when he was here. That wasn't a trade that I think you're expecting to get a marquee piece back for. Well, so I'm not that okay. – I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know that it was a, a choice between him and an Espinosa or something, for no, example. You know, know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and Tatis, well. he's 17 years old. He could be a lottery ticket too. Uh, and you Th get rid of James Shields' salary. That was an addition by subtraction. Yeah. All right. I mean, you, you got Most a couple pieces Most of these pieces trades back. were. Well, I, I don't know. Not seeing the Andrew Kashner deal for me, that – that was, I thought, brought back the most lopsided talent for what you gave up because you've got a potential closer coming back when Caps is healthy, and you got a guy that might be one of your starters also. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. That, yeah. those, those three for me, Upton and Kemp, because you actually moved those contracts is, is stunning to me, right. and the fact that you got a couple of nice pieces back for Casher that's a two-month rental. Let us know. What was your favorite of all the moves? Hashtag Padres SH. Let's shift gears quickly before we have to head to break here to the guys that – We'll be playing for the Padres tonight. It's the starting lineup presented by United Airlines, proud partner of the San Diego Padres. Travis Jankowski got on base all five times last night. He's back atop the order in center field with Ryan Extra. Base hits Schimpf, uh, batting second and playing second. Will Myers is at first base with Young Hervis Solarte hitting cleanup and playing third. Then it's Alex Dickerson back in the starting lineup in left. Jabari Blash in right. Derek Norris catching. The recently recalled Jose Rondon at shortstop. Alexi Amarista placed on the 15-day DL today 
with a strained hamstring, and then Luis Perdomo gets the start. Takes us to our Supercuts head-to-head -head challenge. Yesterday, the couch had Ryan Schimpf, who had a double, had a triple, and got the couch the point. That now trims Blooper's lead to 14, 55 <laughs> to 41. Hey, that's down from 18. You guys are chipping away. You yeah. got a winner today, the Chris? The couch has won eight of their last 11. We'll find out if Chris has a winner in a second because Blooper uh. gets the first pick. I'm sticking with Blash. I am on the Blash wagon. That's three in a row for Jabari Blash that Bloopers picked, and Jabari's going to combine one for six, so he's a little struggling. But is, is that like sticking with red on the roulette table? Like it keeps coming up black. It's, no, it's got to be gambler's fallacy. It's got to change at some point, right? I, I want Blooper to win this because I want I want Blash to break out. I, I do. I like. You that say game. as you're about to make your pick in this game. Yeah, I'm going to pick against it? him though. I'm going to I'm going to go with. Uh, I was going to go Schimpf, except we went there last night, so I'll go with Dickerson. All right, back in the lineup, uh, recovering from that uh, contusion on the hip. Alex Dickerson for the couch, Jabari Blash for the uh, for Blooper. It'll be a nice corner outfield battle in the head-to-head -head challenge. At Supercuts, they pay attention to every detail. The cut, the lines, the hot towel finish, so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find the Supercuts near you at Supercuts.com. They are coming into Petco for that 7-10 first pitch. We're back to wrap things up on Padres Social Hour. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. We come back at you tomorrow with a late morning show. <clears throat> Excuse me. 11 a.m. Bill Center and Derek Togerson will join me before that way back Wednesday uh, afternoon game, wrapping up this series against the Brewers. Uh, one last trade suggestion here from Douglas Nunez on Twitter, now maybe passing through waivers. How about the San Diego chicken for Yasiel Puig? I don't think anybody in San Diego would make that trade, right? I'm taking the chicken, man. I'm yeah. sticking with the chicken. No, we've struggled with former Dodger right fielders. It hasn't, it hasn't worked, worked out, out well. too well. No. I have a, a real trade suggestion. Okay. Though, honestly, can I play A.J. Preller for a second? Uh, literally would, for like 30 seconds. I would call <laughs> the Colorado Rockies and offer them Alexei Ramirez. I mean, they lost Trevor Story for the year today. The they year, need a shortstop. Yeah. I don't know how much you can get back. Yeah, and Alexei now uh, essentially riding the bench. Andy Green saying today we're going youth movement. Jose Rondon, it's his job as long as he's here. We shall see. Also, by the way, Padres signing another amateur uh, international free agent today, Ronald Bolanos, 21-year-old Cuban, 20-year-old, 96. Keep, Pretty easy. Keep bringing on those keep young arms. Bringing on those teeters, yeah. Love Thanks it. for watching Social Hour. See ya.